2: All members will please rise. Uh, the chair will now administer the oath of office. Uh, all members will raise the, their right hand.
0: All right, Hannah. All right, Nick. Raise your right hand. Do it. All right. <laughs> you bumped the mic. Repeat after me.
2: Repeat after me. No, not that part. No, not that part.
0: I, Hannah McCarthy.
2: I, Hannah McCarthy. Do
0: solemnly swear.
2: Do solemnly swear. To
0: record this episode about oaths
2: to record this episode about oh this
0: I do this without reservation
2: I do this without reservation and of my own free will and of my own free will I'm gonna
0: try and have a good time
2: and I'm gonna try and have a good time I was
0: gonna have you say so help me God but I'm gonna be talking about that quite a lot today so who else can help you for this episode
2: I pretty much do everything Jesse Klein tells me to do
0: so help me Jesse Klein
2: so help me Jesse Klein
0: Unmistakable snapshot of American democracy. One American. A 35-word oath.
1: I hereby declare on
0: oath. Do you solemnly swear or burn? And then I will discharge. So help you, God. So help me God. You're listening to Civics 101. I'm Nick Capodice. I'm
2: Hannah McCarthy. And
0: today we're gonna do a quick episode about oaths. Oaths. Oaths.
2: Oaths. It's kind of a broad
1: category, don't you think?
0: You're not wrong there, and I'm going to talk about the more general history of oath-taking and oath-keeping with no references to Brienne of Tarth's sword.
2: You could put it in the credits, though.
0: Definitely Game of Thrones jokes in the credits. But today, we are talking about swearing in front of people that you're going to do something oaths of office and it's not just the president who takes one we're also going to talk about the oath of allegiance affirmation which is very different and very important and possibly the most uttered oath in america do you solemnly swear to tell who them that tells them the truth of those not nothing but the truth me. what have i got
2: to lose i know you're going to ask me to step into the delorean so let's have it how far back did we start taking oaths you
0: know there's that bit they should have called it back to the past because that's what they actually did but anyways me We're going to ancient Rome. (music) Oaths to various deities were present in many religions, from Judaism to ancient Greeks. But one of the very first oaths to a governmental institution was the sacramentum in ancient Rome.
2: Sacramentum. Is this where we get the word sacrament?
0: It is. Uh, These oaths were made to institutions, but also made before a god. Soldiers had a military sacramentum where they'd swear to, quote, faithfully execute all that the emperor commands, that they shall never desert the service, and that they shall not seek to avoid death for the Roman Republic. Gladiators had a much more brutal oath, which I'm not going to get into here, and everyday workaday Romans would use it during legal proceedings. Anyways, as centuries went on, kings took oaths when they were coronated, Uh, oaths to rule justly and fairly, and other people took oaths of fealty to those kings.
2: And you said these oaths were made before a god. Were they always religious? Like god or whatever deity you worshipped was invoked and watching?
0: Yeah, they were watching you. Uh, And you might be able to tell where I'm going here. People who took public office in England and, interestingly, Anybody who went to go study at a university had to take an oath that upheld the Church of England and that the reigning monarch was the supreme governor of the church. And this posed a little bit of a problem for a group of people who had no king or supreme church.
2: I know who those people are. It's us.
0: When we were gasping our first breaths as a new nation, independent of the British crown, we were casting aside the trappings of monarchy. And in addition to no more kings, the framers enshrined no more national church. But we kept, and still keep to this day, the tradition of swearing an oath of office.
2: So we stopped swearing to a god or the head of a church. Who do we
0: swear to instead? We swear to uphold a document. The
1: people of the United States are governed by the rule of law, a body of law that rests on a single document, the federal constitution.
0: And that brings us to our first oath, the oath of office of the president. There are three oaths mentioned in the constitution, but this is the only one the framers bother to spell out. The exact words are in article two, section one, quote, before he enter on the execution of his office, he shall take the following oath or affirmation. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States.
2: So help me God. No. That's not in there?
0: It is not. And this was a rabbit hole for me, Hannah, albeit a fascinating one. I have never seen so many websites with the phrase, Now it has been contested, and historians disagree whether, for example... Historians do not agree on whether or not George Washington finished his oath with So Help Me God. The first published account to say he did was 65 years after the inauguration. There are, however, three separate accounts, William Duer, Morton Quincy, and some anonymous writer of a newspaper op-ed that say he kissed the Bible after he took the oath. Moving along, there's also an argument about whether or not Abraham Lincoln said, so help me God. Some have evidence he did say it in 1865. While there's contrary evidence of a minister who wrote to Lincoln to request he say, so help me God. Uh, And the pastor said Lincoln's reply was that God's name was not in the Constitution and he could not depart from the letter of that instrument.
2: All that aside, presidents have said, so help me God, for as far back as I can remember.
0: Me too. The first ironclad, published in several accounts, usage of So Help Me God was Chester A. Arthur in 1881. And we know for certain, as in we have the audio, that every president since Franklin Delano Roosevelt has so far ended with that line. So help me God. 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 Congratulations, Mr. President. <laughs>
2: Okay, now I have to ask you a question about this distinction that is made that has always kind of confused me. Mm -hmm. That constitutional clause, swear or affirm, what is the difference between the two?
0: I am so glad you asked. There are some religions, such as Quakerism, that do not endorse swearing on anything religious that you're going to tell the truth. And every president may choose to affirm instead of swear. Same oath, no Bible. That said, we have one, and only one, president so far who has opted to affirm instead of swearing on a Bible. Who was it? Franklin Pierce from our very own New Hampshire opted to affirm his oath on a book of law.
2: Was he a Quaker? Or was he just not very religious or something? We
0: may never know the reason why. He wasn't a Quaker. He was Episcopalian. But he wasn't baptized until a few years before he died. He... Frankly was in a tough spot when he was inaugurated. If you recall, his son had just been killed in a horrible tragic railroad accident. Uh, but whatever his reasoning was, he didn't swear. He affirmed. Now there have been Quaker presidents, but they have all sworn on a Bible, including Herbert Hoover and Richard Nixon.
2: Nixon was a Quaker? Yeah, I know, right?
0: Did you know that?
2: Did he know that? <laughs> Okay, so that's one big oath out of the way. Uh, What other oaths do we have in our system?
0: We've got a few, and we're going to get into those as well as what happens when those oaths are broken right after this quick break.
2: But first we've got a new quiz It's great Every Thursday Civics 101 has an 8 question quiz On our newest episodes to test your trivia skills You can play it at civics101quiz.com
0: We also have a Wordle That's right, a Wordle We have a new one every single day Based on that week's episode You can play it at civics101wordle.com
1: Do it!
2: Okay, we're back. We're talking about swearing.
0: The only swearing you're going to hear on our podcast, Dad Burnett. And next, it's not just the president who has to take an oath of office. It's members of the House and the Senate. Now, unlike the president, the words are not written in the Constitution. But... They were written in the very first Act of Congress in 1789.
2: The very first is in the very first thing to come across George Washington's desk to be signed. Yes,
0: Chapter 1, Section 1. Uh, chapter 2, by the way, started with duties and taxes on imports. Jamaican rum at 10 cents a gallon, by the by. But the oath they came up with was this. I A B, that's first name, last name, do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support the Constitution of the United States.
2: So help me God.
0: Nope. No, so help me God. That came later in 1862.
2: 1862. So we're talking like civil war years. Does this have to do with the Civil War?
0: It does indeed. President Lincoln and all of his supporters rewrote the oath of office for all members of Congress to include, and I'm taking chunks of it here because it's very long, uh, quote, solemnly swear or affirm that I have never voluntarily borne arms against the United States that I have voluntarily given no aid, countenance, counsel, or encouragement to persons engaged in armed hostility thereto, that I have not yielded a voluntary support to any pretended government, authority, power, or constitution within the United States, hostile or inimical thereto.
2: So a very thinly veiled, anybody who has supported in the past or is supporting now the Confederacy, Cannot take this oath.
0: Yeah, they can't take the oath, which means they cannot hold office. This was called the Ironclad Oath, and initially it was proposed that all voters had to take it too. But Lincoln himself vetoed that in 1864, realizing that would ensure a nation where very few Southerners could engage in the democratic process, and that's going to stall Reconstruction. But this oath resulted in a Republican, anti-slavery, biracial legislature in the South for the first time. Now, Congress began to remove a lot of that 1862 language in the Andrew Johnson administration after Lincoln was assassinated, and it was all pretty much gone by 1870. However, some vestiges remain from that rewrite, specifically this part, swearing to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I'm about to enter. So help me God. Is this the time? This is it, Hannah. So help me God.
2: So help you God. Congratulations. You're now members of the 114th Congress.
0: This oath I just rattled off is called the constitutional oath. All new incoming members of the House of Representatives and the new third of the Senate coming in must take it at the beginning of each congressional session.
2: All right. We've got executive. We've got legislative. Is there any difference for the judicial branch?
0: Yeah, and I'm going to make it quick because I've gone on a bit here. Supreme Court justices have to take a double oath. First, they've got to take the constitutional oath that Congress takes, and then they take a second one, which is interesting. It says, I will, quote, administer justice without respect to persons and do equal right to the poor and the rich, and that I will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform all the duties incumbent upon me, associate justice, chief justice, whatever. Under the Constitution. Under the Constitution. And laws of the United States.
1: And laws of the United States. So help me God. So help me God.
2: All right. What about people other than elected and appointed government officials? Do lay people, American citizens swear any oaths on a regular basis? Well,
0: there is something that about 50 million people say on a daily basis that sounds a heck of a lot like one. I to the
1: flag. Is the
2: pledge of allegiance an oath?
0: Not technically, and maybe I was cheating a bit there. I mean, the Wikipedia page calls it one. You can call it an oath to the flag and the republic. But you're not swearing or affirming on anything when you take the Pledge of Allegiance.
2: By the way, Nick and I love talking about the Pledge. We did a whole episode on the history of it and the flag and the Supreme Court decision surrounding them both. We will put a link to it in the show notes. Check it out.
0: My favorite facts about the Pledge are that the indivisible part was added after the Civil War. And this is not unlike the ironclad oath. It's like indivisible looking at you, Confederacy. And since we talked about religion a few times already, Hannah, do you remember when Under God was added to the pledge?
2: It was fairly recent, wasn't it? I can't remember what year, but like not that long ago
0: 1954. One nation, with liberty and justice for all. However, there is an oath of allegiance. It is required by law that anyone wishing to become a citizen of the United States take it, and it is usually performed at naturalization ceremonies, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, followed by a screening of a patriotic music video of Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA.
1: How about that? Are you
2: proud to be an American? Yes. What's the wording of the oath of allegiance? Is it pretty similar to the constitutional oath?
0: Yeah, a little bit. You declare an oath or solemnly affirm to defend the Constitution and the laws of the United States. But then you must renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince potentate state or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen.
2: Potentate.
0: Potentate. Also, there's a provision at the end that when required, you will bear arms on behalf of the United States, perform noncombatant services in the armed forces, and perform work of national importance under civilian direction. There is a so help me God, but you are allowed to stay silent at that part if you wish.
2: And you have got to take this
0: oath. You've got to take it if you want to be a U.S. citizen, unless you're under 14 years old.
2: Just out of curiosity, what if you're opposed to war? Do you have to say the part about bearing arms on behalf of the United States? You
0: have to say it, unless you qualify for a religious modification. And it's this part, not as much the denouncing of allegiance to a foreign country, that has caused some legal scuffles in the past. You know Aldous Huxley?
2: As in Brave New World, Aldous Huxley? Yeah,
0: he had some problems with the military service part. He refused to say it, and he was denied U.S. citizenship, even though he'd lived here for 13 years.
2: Now, there's an oath, Nick that you teased at the very beginning of this episode. Give me the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Hold up your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you, guys?
0: Yeah. Is that My Cousin Vinny? Very good, Hannah. Nice catch. Do you know I've talked to a few law professors who say that movie, My Cousin Vinny, is the most accurate portrayal of courtroom procedures in pop culture? Specifically when it comes to cross-examination of a witness. Huh. Anyways... That is called sworn testimony. And you can opt to say, instead of, so help me God, under pains and penalties of perjury.
2: It's interesting. It's the first time so far that an oath includes what happens if you break it. Because it is against the law to lie under oath in a courtroom, there will be penalties.
0: The oath you take in a courtroom is an acknowledgement that you understand It is a criminal act to intentionally lie on the witness stand. And if you're found guilty of doing this, this is called perjury, you can be punished with fines and prison time. Uh,
2: But how common is it that someone's actually caught and punished with fines and prison time?
0: Good point. It is relatively rare because it can be hard to prove. Yeah. Uh, More often, perjury is used as a tool. It's like this implicit threat, this sort of Damocles, that will ensure people tell the truth in a courtroom.
2: I think my last question about oaths is tied to this, the breaking of an oath. Like, sure, you can be sent to jail for lying in a courtroom, but what about all the other oaths that we've talked about? What happens if a president or a senator violates their oath of office?
0: Well, nothing really. Nothing at all. Like, I'm not going to speak to the spiritual effects. That's your business, Senator. But as far as I can tell... No elected or appointed official has ever been punished, in a legal sense, for violating their oath of office. Because, and here's the thing, oaths are not legally binding. Pledges either. They're not a contract. You can be punished for doing things that run contrary to the oaths, like committing conspiracy or treason or giving false testimony. You're guilty of lying, not breaking your oath.
2: But you do on occasion hear, you know, President X has broken their oath of office by doing this, that, or the other thing.
0: Yeah, you can be impeached or expelled for this, that, or the other thing, but not for the oath violation. Do you know how many reps and senators have been expelled from Congress in the United States so far? I don't. 20 out of the 12,000-odd people who have served in Congress. And... 17 of those 20 expulsions were due to their support of Confederate states during the Civil War.
2: So if oaths don't really mean anything, if they don't really have any teeth... Legally. Legally. Why do we take them?
0: I can't really say... Hannah, uh, you might as well ask why the ancient Greeks or the Romans took them or why officials from New Zealand to Pakistan to Brazil take oaths. Even before our founding, people asked that question. Noah Webster of dictionary fame, he said that oaths were a badge of folly borrowed from the dark ages of bigotry. And that was in 1787. Now, others say that it is a crucial part of our system. It makes our officials proclaim that they serve the Constitution, not some sort of supreme leader. And again, outlining the oath was the very first thing our Congress did.
2: I will admit, any time I had like a kid club, I would always devise some oath. You know, I was like, this this will give this weight. This will take it from just things that kids are doing to something real.
0: Were you ever in the Girl Scouts? Duh. <laughs> what how did it go hold on
2: hold on on my honor I will try to serve God and my country to help people at all times and to live by the Girl Scout law
0: I got kicked out of the Cub Scouts after one day what did you do I was six years old I don't know what I did
2: so how are you going to end this
0: well thankfully Hannah unlike oaths our episode conclusions are not predetermined
2: so a Game of Thrones joke then
0: Anna, why can't George R.R. Martin use Twitter?
2: All right, why can't he?
0: To tell a story, he requires more than 140 characters.
2: Uh, okay, yeah. Although I do think it's it's 280 characters now. Yeah,
0: well, the joke still works with that number. What's Brienne made of? Metal. Tarth.
2: <laughs> you get it? Yeah, of Tarth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why is Catelyn Stark like a breakfast cereal?
2: I don't know why.
0: She's Raisin Bran. That's it for Oaths. Thanks for letting us swear to you, Jesse Klein. This episode was made by me, Nick Capodice, with you, Hannah McCarthy. Thank you. Our staff includes Jackie Fulton, Christina Phillips is our senior producer, and Rebecca Lavoy, our executive producer.
2: Music in this episode by Anatech, Bizu, Derek Stevens, Ron Bouton, The Great Affair, Mac Anson, Oi, Howard Harper-Barnes, Philip Ayers, Jesse Gallagher, and Chris Zabriskie.
0: Civics 101 is a production of NHPR, New Hampshire Public Radio.
2: they end the movie with back to the future we're going back to the future and they probably just loved his delivery so much they were like that's it that's the title of the movie
0: back to the future too is back to the future but it's not back to the future it's forward to the future and back to the doc
2: doc has been to the future and he has to go back to the future isn't that how it no
0: he didn't do anything marty was the first person to go back to the past and then he's like well i guess i got to go back to the future at the end of the movie
2: but Doc says we have, no, Doc like comes from the future and
1: he's like, oh, Marty.
0: That's two. Oh, That's that Back two? to the Future too. That's hoverboards.